Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. It's Reba and Allison, and welcome to Rooted Deep. We are so glad you have joined us today. We have been in this series of fin- discussing finances for the last couple of weeks, Allie, and uh, I think it, you know it's been good reminders for me. I've actually enjoyed it as well. Uh, normally, uh, we laugh, we laugh and joke about this wouldn't be my forte, but I have enjoyed just kind of getting back to the root of why not not just what about the money, but you know, going kind of a little bit deeper and understanding why why am I not content or what you know what is causing me to to be in debt and and I think we need we do need to dig a little bit deeper into into where we are spiritually because as we've said several times, this is a spiritual discipline. This is a biblical principle, and we really need to dig into it. Yeah, and you know, I think because we're we're girls, uh, we can speak, we can say things about a lot of us girls. Uh, and you know, I think for for women, sometimes uh, spending can be something that becomes a crutch or becomes a oh, I just need that thing and I'll feel better. Or I just need this. And, and you know, I know women who shop for, uh, you know, to get themselves out of a bad mood or, you know, to put themselves into a happy place or whatever. And I think we have to be careful, um, you know, even just kind of from that woman's perspective that we don't fall into that trap. Some unbiblical thinking, some wrong traps, thinking that stuff is going to satisfy. Right. I don't. No, uh, if we if it's time to refer to my favorite Veggie Tales episode, um, but it was Madame Booberry. Remember when she was so she was so blue? She was blue, and uh, they kept kept saying, "You need more stuff. You need more stuff." And um, she learned that. The, and this was just such a funny Veggie Tales because it was just she was sad because she saw this big stuff mart building up across the street, and she knew she couldn't she didn't have all that stuff, and she needed it. And then um, and then as she was coming home, she saw this tiny little family that were so happy for their tiny piece of pie that day and and seeing the commitment and I just love that I love that episode because I'm like I'm such an emotional shopper I'm an emotional I love I did I did used to enjoy really you know retail therapy um and then coming home and and enjoying looking at my things um and then I was like am I Madame Booberry and so if you haven't seen that VeggieTales episode you need to jump on because I mean I know last time um we were talking about financial peace and Dave Ramsey but I think maybe some people just need to look at an episode of VeggieTales well, there you go. I mean, it's all, it can be that simple, can it? Uh, that simple. Well, and, and you know, there is something that's really great about that. I think sometimes we, we complicate this topic a lot. Yeah. And we make this comp, you know, we, we say, oh, well, I don't understand this and that and the other. But really, you know, it's not as complicated sometimes as we make it. Sometimes we just don't want to be honest about where we're at and what we're, what we're doing. And we, maybe we don't want to call our, our retail therapy sin. We don't want to look at really take a hard look at what's really going on in our hearts and lives. And so as we kind of continue down this journey today, uh, we've got a special guest with us again today that we had before, and that's Allison's husband, Gary. So Gary, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. I, I get one more chance at this, right? With right. You guys. that's exactly right if you didn't join us before gary was on here with us um before and we talked a lot a little bit about debt and he and allison's story a little bit about how they moved from being a young married couple 
uh, with debt to getting themselves into a position where they were debt free and where they were able to, uh, you know, get into a position where there was a lot of freedom. And, and today we're really going to kind of talk a little bit about what it looks like. So now you've worked yourself to death and you've really disciplined yourself and you've got yourself out of debt. Now what? <laughs> You know, uh, now, now do I get to go spend all I want? I mean, you know, what's, what's the deal once I get myself uh, close to that end goal where I find that I'm getting myself out of that huge cumbersome debt that I had built up? Well, thanks again, Karibu, for having me. And again, I would come at this from an understanding of your life as being a steward. And I know that just sounds, that's just trite, but it really is a biblical concept. and. I think there's a, there's a great story that I love in Luke chapter 12, and a man comes up to Jesus, and he wants Jesus to get involved in dividing the inheritance that, that this, this, this man has uh, obtained you know, with his family. And so he's asking Jesus to decide in this matter. And Jesus says something um, pretty poignant in, in verse 15. He says that a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And, and so um, then he tells a story about a rich man and the rich man is, you know, he's, he, he has the itis uh, disease, you know, so I, I will pull down my barns, I'll build greater, I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And he, he goes on and he says, uh, he will say, sold out, thou have, have much goods laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God comes to him in verse 20, according to Jesus, and says, thou fool. This night thou shalt be, thy soul shall be required of thee. And in uh, verse 21 really uh, gets at the heart of all this. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich unto God. And I think that the vision for people and their finances is that you can be rich unto God. Jesus said uh, elsewhere, you know, to lay treasures up in heaven. And I, I don't think that's... We're not necessarily talking about monetary, but look, finances are a tool that you can bless and you can bless others and you can help others and you can uh, expand the kingdom, so to speak, uh, by leveraging your finances. And so instead of just making the world revolve around yourself, you become part of uh, what God is doing and he is able to use your life and your finances as a channel instead of an end. Why is it that so many Christian Christians look at their finances as just that uh, we're a reservoir and that's it? Really? Is that, is that what God has saved you, redeemed you? And in, in the big scheme of things, all he has you do is just save up for yourself so you can just build bigger barns. Is that really all there is? Or does he want you to be a channel? Uh, and I believe that victorious living and, and, and joy, joyful living is being able to be plugged in in a greater way to what he's doing in the world. Man, that's exciting. That's exciting that, and it's really like living with your hands open because, uh, you know, the old illustration of uh, if your hands clenched around the dollars you have, uh, yeah, nobody can get them out, but then nothing can come in either. And I think uh, God tends to, to bless people who have open hands when everything's in order. And uh, this is not a wealth and prosperity. It's just about being a channel. And so that God can use you uh, to further his mission. Uh, 
I love that because I think, you know, there's an idea in our mind sometimes that something else will satisfy. If I just have the nicer car or the nicer house or the newer thing or the latest model or this or that or the other or the, the name brand or whatever, whatever it is that our, our thing is, um, you know, that somehow that will make us feel better. It'll solve something in our life. It, it will do something for us. And yet I can't tell you how many times I've had the experience of going out and purchasing something and being so excited. And then the new, the new quickly wears off and the, and that there's no lasting anything from that, from that purchase or, you know, new cars get dirty. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, you know, I can't remember, you know, nobody eats and nobody drinks in my car. It's new. I don't want anybody, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, two years later, it's like, you know, you're, you're picking up the bottles and you, you know, your car is trashed. It, all of a sudden, everything tends to wear and fade, which the Bible says it will, even all those new shiny things. And they don't feel that empty place in your heart. And I think what you're describing, Gary, is actually a way of, 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 of living life where we do find real true fulfillment in what we do. Sure. And, and there is nothing wrong with you taking care of your family. Uh, right. it's, it's, it's a spiritual thing to do, to, to set your family up the best that you can. But part of that has to be, I, I think, um, you know, I think about my own, my own family. And when my, when my father passed away, um, they received a, they received an unexpected check. My mom received an unexpected, unexpected check. And she uh, went ahead and gave that to the faith promise, which is a way of giving the missions that some churches do. Uh, she went ahead and gave that, that check to um, the church. And my pastor somehow, and he doesn't know about those things, but somehow he, he, you know, he learned about this and he went to my mom and said, you know, Ruth, you don't, you don't need to give this, this money. Um, you know, you're, you're grieving and there's lots of transition and so on and so forth. And she said, you don't understand. That was a commitment that uh, me and, and Gary, my dad uh, made. And so we have to give that. And, you know, um, in a, in hearing about that later, that really impacted me that they were so committed to that, that even in death, that they were going to honor this commitment that they, they, they that they did. And, but you can do that from a, a piece of, fi from a place of financial freedom, you know, and um, there's a joy in that. And, and so I heard Tony, Dr. Tony Evans say one time that it, it, it wasn't so much um, the important thing was families, not to so much leave something to, but leave something in uh, their, 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 their offspring, their, their children. And so for me, that generous giving was something that I felt like my father left in me. He didn't leave me a whole lot as far as inheritance wise, physically, but he yeah. left that principle about being involved in God's work and specifically through our local church and, and through missions ministry and watching him do that as he was dying of cancer and still being committed. And then even to, after passing away, my mom to still give a large gift because that's what they had decided and they had committed to that really, that really left something in me. And that's, that's what I would want our family to, to be about. Because again, it, it's like somebody wrote, I think many years ago, at the end of life, it's sort of like a monopoly game. You know, you pick up all the pieces and you put it back in the board. I mean, you put the board and the pieces all back in the box 
and the box goes stow, stowed away somewhere. I mean, when our when our time in life is done, what's going to happen with all our stuff? You yeah. know, and so I mean, many times families are fighting over it. I mean, how many right. times have you heard about families fighting over who gets what? It's sad. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with leaving an inheritance. That's, that can be a great thing to do. But I think you want to leave the value of investing and in, in being rich unto God. And I think that needs to be the big takeaway. When they think about mom and dad, they need to say, you know, they were generous to, uh, uh, to God's work, to the church, uh, to dare for more. You know, they, <laughs> they were, they were right. uh, in other... I love that, <laughs> Yeah, and other missions ministries. Uh, God, yeah, they were they were generous, and I think that's a that's a that's a greater thing. That's a great legacy. Mm. I love that because I think a lot of times we don't think about that as legacy, generosity as legacy, or a giving spirit as a legacy. And yet, you know, as you perfectly shared with your own experience with your own dad, that left a major impact on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I. I and I, I just, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, huge amounts. It can just cultivate. And again, that's, that's the vision, I think, of why do I need to get out of debt? Why should I do that? So that I can live more rich unto God um, yeah. and cultivate giving. One of the things that we have tried to practice over the years is giving kind of spontaneously. And again, if you're freed up, you can do that. You can be sensitive. It is fun to just be able to, listen to prayer requests and not, and just kind of listen and just say, you know, Lord guide me uh, to how we can give. And so we have met needs. Uh, there was one time we, um, we, we had a, a family in our church, had a boy that was a good, good little baseball player, but she was really, uh, she was really hurting financially. And we didn't want them to know that it was us. We didn't create any sort of dependency or anything like that. But we got a glove. Uh, we went out and bought a glove or something for uh, for for the son. And so it was funny. We were trying to. They lived in this apartment complex, and so we're trying to run up to the door, sneak it up, drop it off, knock the door, get back in our car before she comes out. And, and of course, she catches us. She comes out on the balcony and she catches us getting back into our car. So it wasn't quite anonymous as we had hoped. But it's, it's fun. It's fun to be able to just meet needs and be a part of that. And, it, and it's not about us. Like I said, we, a lot of times we try to meet anonymously um, yeah. because we don't want, we want them to glorify God. And we're just happy to be, you know, instruments of, of God. We're just happy to get in on that. You know, the Bible says it's, it's more blessed to give than receive. Now we say that, but a lot of times I don't know that we really believe that. Right. Uh, but it really is when you start practicing it, it, it really does. But, you know, this is something you have to fight because the world, um, the world is constantly trying to get you into its mold. Yeah. And so you're constantly having to address this in your own heart uh, to, to live generously, to live con contentedly so that you can, you know, be rich unto God. And so, uh, you know, every so often, you know, we get out of alignment ourselves and we just have to, uh, you know, make the adjustments in order to accomplish these higher goals for ourselves. And, and we, we want to live rich unto God. We want to, to be involved in, in, in his work and use our finances, whatever, however little they may be, to, to expand his kingdom. Yeah, and it's so cool, I think, when God kind of nudges your heart uh, to meet a need. And I think I have had, I've been on this, both sides of this so many times in my life where I have had a need 
that was that I, I that I, I I couldn't speak into myself, and God's nudged somebody else's heart, and they spoke into my personal need, and 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 sometimes it was in small ways, and sometimes it was in unbelievably huge ways uh, where people spoke into my life, and and it it just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how big it is. It always blows me away. And it's always such an incredible thing. And then I've had the joy of being on the opposite side of that and being able to speak into somebody else's need. And I don't know that there's anything uh, like you, I use the word fun. And I do think that's such an appropriate word. I don't think there's anything a whole lot more fun than just being able to have the opportunity to speak into somebody's need and know that, you know, a lot of times on, I think there's a, maybe we talk about paying it forward. You know, there's kind of that expression of being able to to pay it forward. But, you know, I just don't think there's a whole lot better, as the Bible tells us, than the heart of a cheerful giver. And just being able to say, hey, what can I give? And I think early on in our in our marriage, we knew as as we were setting goals for not just debt retirement, but those goals had to continue on to okay, like you said, after debt is after the debt is eliminated or in a controlled setting, now what are we planning to do? And it became even before we had anything to share or give, that we had to discuss that okay what what are we saving toward what are we trying to what are what is going to be some philosophies of um of giving or saving that we have because we wanted to be able to again have that cohesive mission as a as a family um and we've been you know and and, and we've both been part of parts of families that are very generous and, and very giving and so we're thankful for that um i remember one time though that we were uh there was a need we saw the need and we each decided, okay, let's pray about it. What, you know, what number, um, and God does it always. It's really funny because, um, we don't always come up with the same number. There's been several times when we've come up with the same exact number. Hey, God's laying this on my heart. God's laying up, laying this on my heart. But then there are other times when yours is double what mine would have been. And, and probably because I didn't pray enough or, or vice versa, you know, and, and, um, we weren't, we weren't really praying about it. We were just kind of guessing, you know, what would he, um, but at the same time, a lot of times God has given us a say, you know, a similar number or say, yeah, that's about what I was, you know, what I was thinking. And just knowing that God's a part of that. And we've been able to, we've been able to do that. Um, you know, as, and that's, that's been fun, but it had to start with, even before debt elimination, it had to start with our philosophy of, um, what's next. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think, and I, I do feel like I have to say this. A lot of people think that, that people in ministry missionaries, um, are, should be exempt from giving. And that's been, you know, and, and, and I, we've heard the word moochinary a lot and we hate that word because it's not who, it's not who we are and it's not who, what God wants for, for his servants. But I think sometimes people think that those in ministry are exempt from giving. And I, we, I absolutely disagree. Yeah, no, with that. I, I, I think you have to, we have to set the bar. Yeah. We have to be examples. And uh, you know, I had a guy come down here years ago. He was he sold insurance, very successful in that. And and he he was talking. We were talking over something about you know some need in the, in the country. And and he noticed that I was giving or something toward that. And uh, he said, you know, he said I need to stop you. I don't understand why you you guys are giving. He says you guys have been uh, called to go, and others need to to give. And uh, you know, you all shouldn't be committed to that. And I just had to correct him. And I said, because he was a friend, you know, and so I said in a loving way, not in a preaching way, but I, but I did say, 
you know, um, I, I just don't think that the, uh, the Bible bears that out. I think we're all in some sense called to go in some sense, yeah, maybe not to a foreign land. And we're all called to give. I don't think it, I mean, and if you really want to, I mean, I've wrestled with this for years. I've never really came up with a sad, maybe you can help me today, Reba, but the people who feel like, why do the people that are called to give get to live so much better than the people that are called to go? I mean, think about that. And really, that's not the, that's really not a biblical thing. No. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to all be going out with the gospel and we're supposed to all be involved in giving, not living unto, living unto God with all the resources that he puts in our hands. If it's a lot or if it's a little. And so in that sense, we're all called to go. We're all called to give. And so, you know, I, it does bother us when we see um, other missionaries. Let's talk about our kind of profession here for a second. And they are being conditioned to never give because they just need to receive. Now, look, I understand a church sending out their missionary wants to take care of them, treat them as heroes, you know, bless them. That's a great thing. But you sh- but I think a sending pastor, and, and I, I witnessed this in my own pastor, which was good, seeing my pastor be very giving um, from his own resources, not from the churches, but from his own resources. And I think that's what missionaries need to do. You want to, that's one of the things for us. I mean, when we consider who we're giving, we, we don't want to give to somebody who just thinks that they're owed something. We want to we wanna give to people that are giving to others. And yeah. so, you know, it's a personal pet peeve, I guess. Uh, no, but, uh, no I, I get it. You know, I, a couple, it's probably been about a year or so, two years ago. Um, I, pa- a pastor and his wife and myself, and uh, we went out to eat to a restaurant and just fellowshipping together and talking, whatever. And I just got, you know, I felt led to do this. And I got the waitress's attention and told her to give me the check. And I picked the check up. Well, this, I thought this pastor was just going to lose it. He was just like, what? And he said, I've never had a missionary pay for my meal. And I'm like, well, count this as your first then. And he was like, no, give me that check. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I've got it. And I think that sometimes you're exactly right. You know, um, we're, I think Acts bears this out is you see that early church coming together and many of them were being persecuted and many of them were going through great trials and things. But the Bible says that they, you know, they came together, they encouraged one another. And what did they do? They gave it out of what they had. And they worked together to help support one another in, in with what they had to give. And I think that, you know, that principle kind of guided so much of what happened in the New Testament as we watched those epistles unfold and the stories of, of Paul and the different ones. You just watched this group of God's people just give where they could, support where they could, help one another out as they could. And I think you're right. That didn't, that wasn't just one group. Cause I, I love what Paul, sometimes he said, Hey, you were so generous to give to that group. And then the next thing you know, you'll read that that group that was given to was now turning around and given to another group. And, and I think that's, you know, I think that's really what the body of Christ looks like as we encourage and edify one another. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, this can bleed over into, you know, ministry application too. But when you realize that, um, but this is all about stewardship and, 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 and his work. And so it's all, it's all across the body of Christ. Okay. And so if I'm involved in a ministry and you're involved in a ministry, there's no shame in giving people an opportunity to invest 
in something that God's doing because it's not coming. I'm not trying to personally enrich myself. I am just, I'm giving an, an opportunity because, you know, I had somebody, I had a guy that came down many years ago uh, to check out the, the DR vision. And he was uh, giving us some advice. He had been a vice president of a, of a, a large Christian university. And then he had went on to a, uh, a hospital system where he has raised, you know, untold, I guess, millions of dollars that he's had to raise. And so we were asking him some advice, you know, how do you raise that money? Because he was not an extrovert. He was kind of introverted, kind of like me, a little quirky, soft-spoken. And so it was just fascinating that how, how have you been so successful in this? He said, look, I assume that every Christian that I'm talking to, every business person that I'm talking to wants to be a responsible steward. And so I just assume that I, I'm not trying to uh, make them feel bad. I'm not trying to twist their, their needs. I assume that if you're a Christian, that you want to give to, to his work. And so what I'm doing is presenting you one of many opportunities for you to 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 give to this work. And so he said, and, and when he just put it so simple like that, and it really kind of helps with our mindset from a ministry perspective, but not we're not asking, we're not begging for for people. We are excited that this is what God's doing through our work. And here's an opportunity, and I'm going to assume that you're giving to your local church and you're giving to other worthy causes. Here's one that you can consider, and just leave it between God and them. But your 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 point is to communicate. And so I think again, when you when you when you uh, go out and 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 blow this up as to our, how does this intersect with our ministry world? Uh, it's looking at my personal life as being a steward. It's looking at ministry as as stewardship as well. And ministry is about people and about the body of Christ uh, reaching other people with the gospel. And so, you know, maybe I'm making it sound too simplistic, but it is just, uh, you know, it touches all aspects of our life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it, it is so important because, you know, we mentioned this on several of the, I think all of the podcasts so far that we've had about this topic, we've mentioned this. The Bible just has so much to say about money. Uh, and one of the verses that I think people probably, probably the, the, uh, you know, the keynote verse saw or verse that people know so well is the root of money is the root of all evil, right? We, everybody knows that, that kind of verse, but it's not money. That's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And that is the root of all evil. And so, you know, we, as we give, I think we can have a heart that loves to give a generous heart, or we can have a heart that loves to gain. And that, and, and we're just, and you know, you don't have to have money to love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. Yes. You know, and, yeah, it's definitely, and you've said the word twice. It's definitely about the heart. Mm -hmm. It's where, you know, where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. It's about what is in your heart. Is it that love for gain or is that love for status or love for, um, you know, shopping or just love for hoarding. I think some people just love, and you think of, you know, I think you've Scrooge just sitting there counting his money all day. Um, and, and it's that love that where, you know, where is your love going? Is it going toward treasures in heaven? Like, you know, like Gary mentioned, and obviously in the Bible, um, or is it, is it where my heart is? And I think that we do need to do kind of a heart check and, and say, you know, where is my heart at this moment? And that's what you've talked about. Yeah, and I think one of those things you can do on your checks is you can look at when you lose things, what type of emotions does that cause in you? Uh, I'll give you a, a simple example is if you're invested in stocks, let's say for savings and then stocks are down, 
But you need to, if you're, if you're investing in stocks, you need to have a long-term view, not like a, you know, and, but if it's creating uh, bad attitudes and bad, but just because the stock, you know, fell a few hundred points, you know, I mean, the, the, the indexes fell a few hundred points and that's really causing you to have a bad attitude, then, you know, you may want to rethink your attachment there. Uh, you may, in some sense, you may be tied up in, in, in too few stocks. And so when those stocks fall, you know, it's really, you might need to diversify a little bit more so that you're not just tied up to, to you know, the market news. Um, you know, that's just one simple, simple way. You know, when you, can you walk away from things? And I mean, I think you should take care of what God gives you. Don't misunderstand me, but we have to hold things loosely. And I think that's one of the things that we've, been reinforced in our lives here in on the mission field. We've had a couple of break-ins to our house. Three. We've had three, three break-ins. Okay. And uh once or twice they have cleaned us out. Um just, I mean one time in particular, just ransacked the house and just stole a bunch of stuff. And at the end of the day, you're like, it's just stuff. You know, it, good stuff and hopefully stuff that helps us. But at the end of the day, it's just stuff. And so, you know, can you, can you part? And so what we try to do is be a good steward, but we realize that all these things in some sense are just kind of on loan to us. And at any time, God can allow those things to be removed from us. And, you know, are you going to go crazy if you lose all this stuff? I mean, some people, if they lost their home or if they lost their car or if they lost them, they would absolutely be thrown for a tailspin. Uh, that tells you that, that there needs to be an alignment of the heart. Um, you, you shouldn't be that attached. Yeah. And those are such, oh, those are such hard things because, you know, I think even as a believer, you know, I've been saved for good night over, I've been saved for 50 years, right? That's a long time to, to have known the Lord. But I know, and, and is heaven real? Absolutely. Am I going to go there when I die or Jesus returns? Absolutely. But even that, that knowledge of that in my heart and in my life, it is very easy sometimes for this world to become home to such a level that my attachments and my roots go so deep in, in this soil and in this place and that it's very difficult sometimes. Man, I can say those words and I want them to be true. And yet when I turn and I really look and I take a hard valuation of my life, sometimes I see that my roots are so deeply embedded into the things of this world. And, you know, I could say, oh, yeah, you know, I think if God took it, it'd be all right. But the honest truth is, would it, would it be? You know, I mean, really, could I, could I have that perspective with my life? Um, I think Job made this incredible. Job made so many incredible statements that are just honestly mind-boggling when you think about the truth of, truth of what he said. But he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he didn't say that in a time of prosperity. He said that in a time of absolute and utter brokenness. And oftentimes I look at his story and I read the things and I try to put myself there and think, would that be the statement that comes to my mind? <laughs> I mean, would that be what I could literally say and not be faking it, but it'd be real, <laughs> but it'd be a real, honest, genuine statement. And uh, boy, when you, it really gets right down to where we live, doesn't it? It sure does. I, I, I think you could use the illustration or analogy of, of a garden. You know, you can get all the weeds out of the garden and have 
the flowers and the trees, whatever growing. Uh, but you can't just leave it there. It's something that requires continual maintenance. And in finances, it's the same. It's the same thing. You can you can whip out this. You can whip uh, the debt and start saving. But because we're human and because we still live in this world, uh, you know, weeds will try to crop. You know, kind of cut in, and and you have to uh, you have to weed the garden. You have to you have to care for it, tend to it. And uh, so it's going to be something that I think until Jesus comes or until we die that in the area of finances, it'll be something that'll require some maintenance. But hopefully, it, once you get it under control, it's a whole lot easier to maintain than when you walk in and it's just overrun. You yeah, know, Jurassic with, Park, with right? <laughs> yeah, with Jurassic Park, you've got dinosaurs running through it. I mean, yeah. once, you, once you get it under control, uh, so that's the hope there is that, you know, better days are ahead. Like you said in the you know our previous podcast, it's it's one step at a time, and uh, you know I think it helps though to keep this before you, kind of like the race that is before us. Uh, you know, in Hebrews says you know in a financial sense, what is it that I'm trying to get out of uh, debt for? Why am I trying to be so disciplined? Why are we doing this? So I can live rich unto God. So I can be in that place where I can respond to needs and and where I can personally be involved. I mean. Think about the opportunities that, uh, you know, to be able to go to uh, overseas, uh, to be, you know, whether that be a Dare for More missions trip or, or you know, come and visit DR Vision. I mean, there are opportunities uh, if you have the financial freedom to do that. So I think you keep that there. I think you cultivate that in small ways right where you're at. And then uh, as you're able to step more into that, you can expand upon those. Yeah. Well, this has been really good stuff. And I hope those of you that have been listening today have just maybe got just a few things. There's so many uh, great things that Gary talked about uh, over the two podcasts that we've had him here. I think you've got a lot of takeaways. So Gary, you know, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and for just kind of wading through this topic a little with us, just from the, from the practical side, but also from the spiritual side. Uh, I know that, you know, you and Allison are married and you guys have been married how long now? 21 years. 21 years. All right. So you guys, she answered first. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So you guys have been doing this journey for a while now I'm single, but whether we're single or whether you're married, finances are an important part of what we do. And I think we both, uh, you know, regardless of where we find ourselves in life, we have a responsibility. So, uh, so this has been really good. Uh, Gary, we always like to end the podcast when we have somebody new with us with some fun rapid fire questions. It's just a kind of a way for people to get to know you a little bit, but it's also just a fun way uh, to end the podcast. So uh, we didn't do it the first time you were with us. So we definitely have to do this today. So are you ready? Sure. Fire away. Okay, well, so I'll, I'm going to let Allison do the first one, uh, and then we'll just rotate back and forth. And, you know, it's supposed to be rapid fire, but if you need a second, you can process for just a second. So. If you need to explain your choices, that's fine, too. Um, and I might know the answers to some of these, but I might not, so we'll see if I'm surprised. So Sorry, we're gonna like go back a newlywed game. Yeah, it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done it that way. Okay, so uh, question number one, what book has impacted you or is impacting you right now? Is it either way? Well, right now, I recently read a book, uh, Vulnerability, that we minister out of a place of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that was some good thoughts in, in that book. Um, also, like Good for good, good to Great, Jim Collins. Great business book. Lots of good pr- principles in there. Uh, good stuff. All right. So what do you enjoy doing in your free time? 
Uh, I love to kayak and snorkel and play a little golf. All right. So tell us, uh, tell us something that people often get wrong about you. Um, they don't, they think I'm too serious. Yeah. They, they don't see the humorous side of me or the, the light yeah. side of me. Yeah. I guess I'm, I come across so focused. My mom says I was born a teenager or something, you know, he was born older. I was born older. So. <laughs> I, I can see that, but you are a funny guy, so I, I, I can see that. So, all right, tell us your favorite movie. Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, by far, a Field of Dreams. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. The baseball. And, and when they had the Field of Dreams, Field of Dreams game this past summer, incredible. And they, the guys came out of the cornfield to, yeah. to, to play. <laughs> I yeah, saw that, that. that was. I mean, I was, I was emotional. He did. He got emotional. And I'm wondering if that's not what he's been saving up for is to go to one of those Field of Dreams games talking about finances. Yeah, get out of debt so you can do that. (laughs) All right. So if you're watching your favorite movie, what would be your favorite meal that you would like to go with it? Uh, You know, I love spaghetti. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a pasta person, but I I love spaghetti. And so a good sauce on that, you know, Skyline Chili up in Cincinnati. And they've got the cheese and the onions on it. Just delicious. All right, there we go. All right, Allison says I have a I have the taste bud of a, of an eight year old. He does. He has. So. He likes the spaghetti and the chicken tenders and the burgers. He's a very an eight year old. He eats like an eight year old. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, some people don't have one of these, but if you have a nightstand, what's on? Do you ha- if you have one, what what's on it? What's by your bed? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have. A, I don't have a nightstand on my side of the bed. Okay. I, I'm on the side that has the... He's on the fan side. So it's all about real estate in our bedroom. Who okay. has... He's got... Um, he's under the fan. And so he has a water bottle on the floor. Yeah, a water and bottle and probably some... Some books or something. Yeah, running yeah. shoes or something. But yeah. Yeah, no nightstand. But me. he gets the fan side and I get the... Yeah, Allison the has a nightstand. Okay. There we it's go. It's all about all right. real estate. There we go. It's all about so real- what is it? <laughs> what is a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy? Why are you pointing to yourself? Because uh, I would hope that that would be included. Sure, Maybe not. Sure. <laughs> sure. I could have answered this question. 10 points right there for no, you. Okay. Now, what gives you joy? What gives me joy? Well, what's like a snap? What, what, what would you say? I would say he comes, he's the most joyous when he sees some of the people from our church that have been discipled and are growing in the Lord. Um, have, you know, have a moment of success or share their testimony or something. That's probably what... Yeah, I get, I yeah. get excited about that. That's, yeah. that. that's a joy. As far as personal outside of ministry, uh, I love I love taking pictures underwater, snorkeling. Yeah. And so I, I can stay out there for an hour, hour and a half. And so Allison has thought many, many times that she's going to declare me... Declare me dead, missing, uh, out to sea. And I, yeah, I love taking pictures. Okay, I love cool. taking pictures of the fish and underwater world. I love it. Oh, that's cool. All right, cool. Um, what are you deeply grateful for? What is something you're just so grateful for? Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for my health. Mm. You know, grateful for my health. A few years ago, uh, I could have... My life could have ended, really. Something that was so, so, so small turned into something fairly significant in a short amount of time. And so, yeah, I'm grateful that I have a little bit more time left. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful for my help. That's and awesome. our last, our last uh, 
our last question we always ask is what keeps you rooted deep? Well, I think the word uh, of God, and I think um, good people around me, and good leaders around me uh, help me stay rooted. Good. That's good. Well, Gary, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, we will maybe that be- wasn't too fun, was it? Yeah, no, it was fun. It was. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll have something in the future that we'll maybe have to have you back for. So uh, it was it was enjoyable, and it's always fun okay, from perspective. So that was good, and uh, I think everybody enjoys you know having uh, hearing a different voice. Uh, sometimes you know, they hear me and Allie all the time, so it's always fun to have a different voice uh, on the podcast, sharing a little wisdom. Well, it's so it's so good to be with you all, and thank you for giving me the the opportunity. I, I think you scared me uh, several weeks ago. You kind of mentioned this, and uh, but if 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 the listenership goes down on this and i then you know you sort of yeah. indicated this might be my one and done or two oh, yeah. and done and so yeah yeah if, if the listenership tanks you're out so no i just think <laughs> but, uh, but that's been good thanks for joining us today and uh allison you want to anything you want to add before we close it out today no i think that what we've you know what we've talked about the last three weeks we've just talked about money in general but i think in a deeper sense as we as we go back to our roots of the uh, psalm one and um and prospering and, and being rooted deep uh, i think getting back to that heart issue and maybe make some of these issues a matter of prayer and uh, as we not just not just look at the finances with your family but also put it before the lord and say okay where is my heart and help my heart get back to you and i think that's the best way to stay rooted deep even in our finances it's really good. What a great way to close. Well, guys, everybody, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We hope that you'll continue to do so. And, and as always, if you've got uh, questions or things that you just want to comment, uh, be sure to uh, look us up there and uh, send us an email. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, thanks for joining us on Rooted Deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and Look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.